we all struggle with something at the core. And that is that we long for two things. One, we long to know that we matter and that we are important to the ones we love. And second, we long to know that we are enough. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. All right, you guys. So we are here again with Dr. Tracy D. She is our clinical psychologist and our couples therapist. Like we said in the first episode, we decided to do this in two parts just because we know how busy everyone is right now. Um, The demands on the home front can be really challenging. I know finding time to listen to podcasts can be hard. So an enormous thank you to Tracy for being such a light and for coming back on and sharing her valuable information with our audience. Are you ready to tackle the couple-related questions, Tracy? (laughs) Absolutely. As a couples therapist, there is just something so special about working with two people in my office. There's this energy that exists between partners that they often don't get to see it. And you know what I know about couples is that we all struggle with something at the core, and that is that we long for two things. One, we long to know that we matter and that we are important to the ones we love. And second, we long to know that we are enough. So let's dive into one of my favorite topics. Oh, and one of our favorites and one that we need right now more than ever before. So Tracy, I'll be the first to admit that social distancing has been really, really tough, not only for me personally, but from a marriage standpoint. So my husband and I, we both travel for work. So there are multiple nights a week that we don't see each other. And for the full 10 years that we've been together, we have not seen each other every single day. So the fact that we are literally spending 24-7 from working together under the same Uh roof all day, every single night we're together, (laughs) we're being nitpicky. And we've had so many others write in, regardless of their situation, that they're also facing the same thing with being nitpicky. So what advice do you have for couples that are finding themselves arguing over the littlest things? Okay. So my straight out advice is you just have to let it go. (laughs) And that is so easy to say. So let me go into this a little bit more. So here's the thing with couples and with our relationships in general. So we can get into this unhelpful thought pattern. It's called the cognitive bias. And what the cognitive bias says is that once we have formed an opinion about someone, we then only see behaviors that confirm this. So if you believe, let's say, that your partner doesn't think of you or doesn't consider of you, cognitive bias says that you will tend to only see the times and the moments when your partner doesn't consider you. Or even if we say it's the socks on the floor, you don't see the times when your partner picks up the socks. You only see the times when the socks are sitting on the floor. So this is a critical time. And I guess the question here is you've got to ask yourself, how important is this right now, right? Because we tend to get into that that nitpicking space and we have to work to let it go. We really need to give our partners and ourselves a lot of permission during this time. You guys are both going through this together and it's super hard. 
Well, I hope that Drew is listening to that part. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, but really, people have so much going on right now. I know for my husband and I, we are both working from home and we also have our three little boys home with us. Mm-hmm. So we have just felt this crunch of demands. The question for you would be, how can we as a couple work together to make sure that we're getting all of our needs met? This includes our work needs, our relationship needs, our self-care needs. It seems like a lot. Definitely. And there is a lot. There there are, in a way, competing needs at this time because you are having to manage so much. So when it comes to couples, we we hold a lot of expectations and wishes inside of ourselves that oftentimes we don't communicate to our partner and also oftentimes our partners don't know. So for example, um, you know, pre this time, you might say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and that, that just might work out okay. And you don't have to say, I'm going for my own time right now, or I'm taking time for self-care. So what you need to start doing right now is starting to make things really explicit and clear. And this will range for each couple, um, but you might even sit down every Sunday night and map out the week. You know, do you have a business meeting coming up? Um, Bring your minds together. What events are taking place this week? Where do you need support? Who's going to be with the kids during what time? Um, When does work start? When does work end? Right? So you would think that normally our work days start and end when we leave the house and come home. And now this is looking much different. So you really have to clearly uh, outline what this looks like. And then also being able to talk about what's our time together? I would recommend scheduling at least one thing a week where you guys are doing something intentionally together. So no phones, no distractions, uh, intentionally having that quality time together. And then of course, that time for yourself. So are you, are you asking for this time? Are you scheduling it for yourselves um, instead of just sort of waiting for it to happen? So I think we really need to get clear on what our expectations are in terms of how we're spending our time. And the other piece I like to add in here is about that flexibility. Sometimes our needs change. So, you know, my, my week looked a certain way and I said to my partner the other day, I'm stressed. I think I need to find some more me time in here. How can we do this? And it's okay for you to change moment to moment, but you've got to communicate that to your partner. So communication is going to be so important during this time. And Tracy, I really like what you said here because as a woman that is known for not planning in advance, I understand that this is just a different time. Mm -hmm. Like I have to go more towards Drew's personality of being very organized because I can see that with such limited time, having a schedule and having both of us be accountable to it, it seems like the only way out right now. Like, Mm -hmm. It's for the benefit of the couple. So even if it's something that you guys don't do on a regular basis, like now might be the time to try something new. I really like what you're doing here, Amy, because what you're also saying is I'm going to allow my partner to influence me. (laughs) (laughs) We know that great couples allow each other to influence each other, right? So, so being able to say, okay, you know, organization is your thing. Yeah, I can see that. And how am I going to meet you in that space? 
And but when this is over, I'm going back to my chaos. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, there are couples going through really, really tough times. And we had people write in that their spouse might be losing their job. Mm-hmm. People are working on the front lines and that's really stressful for the family. Everybody's situation looks different and it's stressful for them in their own way. So it's hard to do the comparison game. It's not fair to do the comparison game in all reality. Mm-mm. So the question is, do couples cope with these things? How do they cope with these things when there's also a pandemic going on that is equally stressful for the entire world right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two layers in this in a way. Eh? It's like what's going on between us and then what's going on at something bigger. And then also I would even add what's going on for me individually, right? We've got three layers here, individual, the couple, and then what's going on globally. And and that becomes really challenging. So I think this is something really important for us to note that just because we're going through this pandemic, it doesn't mean that all of the stuff that you were dealing with beforehand just suddenly stops and goes away. This, this, that stuff, it's still there and it continues to still be a part of what you are experiencing. So during this time, we do need to be supportive and validating for our partners. So I love the ARE conversation, and that comes from Dr. Sue Johnson. She's the co-creator of Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy and author of the book, Hold Me Tight. And the conversation says, well, we want to know from our partners in times of struggle if they're there for us. And oftentimes when we're distressed, that distress takes over and it's really hard for us to support and to show up for our partners. So the ARE, the Are You There For Me conversation looks like this. So the A stands for Are You Available and Are You Accessible? We want to know with our partners, can I get your attention? Will you support me? Will you be there for me? Will you be open to me and my feelings? Can I depend on you? And the R stands for Responsive. Can you respond to me? Will you tune into how I'm feeling? Will you empathize with me? Can you comfort me? And the E stands for engaged. So will you keep me close? Will you, will you listen to me and be attentive when I'm sharing something? And will you also share your vulnerabilities and insecurities with me? Will you listen to my feelings? And I think this conversation is so important during this time because we really need that connection. That connection provides that safe base. It helps create security in a time where there is not a lot of certainty that's going on. I love everything you just said. It's like when you guys explain this to us, we can totally picture what we should do or what would be helpful. (laughs) But when we're all running around in stressful times, it's when our communication can really be negatively Uh impacted. Now, I know that every storm is going to run out of rain. Like this has to end sometime, Um, but it's hard because we don't know when it's going to turn a corner. A question that came in is how can we proactively keep our relationships in a good place so that this doesn't lead them leave them tattered um, when this is over. Yes. So right now it truly is about keeping that strong bond. So we talk a lot about daily rituals and this is so important to having a solid foundation in your relationship. So do you eat dinner together? Are you doing that without TV or screens? Do you hug and kiss? Do you ask each other questions about the other person's day? These daily rituals are these points 
of contact that bring each other close. They are a way of not being distracted, but they don't have to be big. So these are the small things. This is the other thing I want you to keep in mind right now is it's going to be the small things. You're not going out for that grand vacation. You're not taking that week away from the kids right now. These are the small things that you can do each day that are going to be really important to help create that that strong foundation. The other thing that is really important here, and it always gets a lot of feedback when I post about this, but particularly as women, because we tend to go more into this angry space, we have to let go of the anger and blame. So here's the thing. Why do we blame? We blame, we feel something really uncomfortable, and we want to find a way to discharge that pain. So, you know, I like to use the example of like recently I was putting the bike in the trunk and my kid's bike in the trunk and my partner wasn't even home, not even around and I couldn't get it in. I was struggling with it and I was like, ah, Greg, (laughs) you know, and I felt, it felt easy to blame him. Um, But it's just because we have this uncomfortable emotion. But what's important right now is being able to shift into what is actually happening for us. What is inside of us? So use this time to practice sharing I feel emotions. So using I language, um, being able to say I need or I'm feeling really sad or I feel really scared right now and I need a hug, I need closeness. These are going to be really important pieces um, for building that foundation. Okay. And then the other one that kind of comes at the opposite end of blame is that defensiveness. So instead of getting defensiveness, just being able to accept responsibility. So if someone says, and maybe comes at you in more of a blaming way of and like, I'll just take the socks as just an example, but, oh, you left the socks again. Instead of saying, well, I'm doing my best, or can't you see I'm trying here? Yes, I left my socks. Thank you for letting me know. And that could be a really great tool. Thank you for letting me know instead of getting defensive. Oh, okay. I felt attacked with that one, but I'll oh. try it. <laughs> oh, tell me, why did you feel attacked? No, I'm just kidding. It's just so funny because Drew will always point out when I like do stuff like that. And I'm like, oh. okay, thank you so much for that. <laughs> because it's like, I, I think as a person on the other side of it, you're like, dude, you tell me every single time, but he is actually like, I actually filter a lot of it and I only tell you some of the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, oftentimes what comes up is not really about us. It's our partner's own preferences, right? And our their own proclivities and they bring this stuff up. And so for us to remember, this is their thing, right? And Our partners, they have to make a decision. They have to decide, can I let this go? I'm going to let this go. Okay, no, today is not a day that I can let it go. I need to say something. You are responsible for how you communicate, right? So if you say, hey, you didn't do this, well, that doesn't feel good, right? But if we say like, hey, can you help me just making, you know, doing some pickup of the house that, again, sticking to the sock example, but that that's helpful, right? And then we can say, "Hey, thanks for letting me know." Right? Instead of instead of then bringing up that defensiveness of, "Oh, here we go again," right? You always do. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely a household that deals with the always mentality or mm-hmm. the always saying, and we also deal with sex. So those are both two things that <laughs> we need to work on a little bit here. The first two things you can do in how you communicate things drop the always and the never. And I want to give you one other tip. When I say I feel, oftentimes what I hear is, I feel that you don't pick up the socks. And that's not a feeling. 
So, so another piece here that, you know, you can take in is, is this fact plus feeling if you want a really easy way to communicate. So state a fact, what is something that you can both agree on? Hey, the socks are on the floor, right? That's a fact. Or, oh, you, you were late. You said you would pick up the kid or you would be with the kids at 530. And then state of feeling. I feel overwhelmed right now. Or I really, I really need help or I feel stressed. And then just let it sit. And oftentimes what happens, and I see this more with women than with men in heterosexual relationships, is that we tend to just keep giving a lot. We give so much information and then we, and what happens is we flood our partners and then they just tune out and they're too overwhelmed to respond. And everything you're saying right now, Tracy, I'm like, I need to rework my conversations. So that's another thing tonight. I'm going to be reworking those conversations. You brought up a lot of good points right there. (laughs) And I think it's a lot of it is honestly, because I've had a hard time expressing my feelings. So where Uh I very easily can point out the socks on the floor, I have a hard time following up with, this is making me feel overwhelmed because I just cleaned up. And because people usually look at me as such a positive person, and I have not felt positive, especially the first week that the pandemic was in place. I've been thinking a lot about the people who struggle with their feelings, like all the time are struggling to express these mm-hmm. feelings. And this has definitely left Colin, my partner, my husband, and I in a really tough spot because I'm reacting to things that I typically wouldn't. I mean, peanut butter jars, that's what we brought up last week. Amy, <laughs> empty Kleenox box. Like it's a very big reaction to something that shouldn't have a big reaction. So do you have any tips for getting a spouse to maybe open up about these feelings that are weighing on the relationship? Okay. So I, I think I hear what you're saying. And, and Abby, it's kind of like you're saying, you know, my partner is my safe person right now. And, and I'm, I'm normally really positive, but I haven't felt that way. And so my emotions are coming out with my safe person. Is, is that exactly, is that that's exactly it. Is that I yeah. am so positive right usually, but right now I'm not. So yeah, you nailed, you nailed it on the head. Right. So, it, it, you know, that's really tough because yeah, our, our partners do take the brunt of that, right? That they do, they, they are a safe person and they are, they are the person that we, we tend to go into that hard stuff with. Um, but I think what I'm hearing you say though, is that it's actually really hard like like you're giving that kind of tough stuff instead of sitting in more of the raw and vulnerable stuff. So how how can you do this with your partner? Um, it, you know, sometimes it might be about just starting to do some of your own work around this. Like if you start thinking about doing some journaling, you know, in our last episode, we we're talking about kind of sitting with emotions and mindfulness work. Like that's really important for us to be able to sit with what we're feeling so that we can express it. And I think there's something really important here for us to acknowledge. And that is that we are two separate people in our relationship and we have our own thoughts and feelings and wishes and values. And we truly don't do it the same way. And that our job in a relationship is being able to recognize how the other person does this and then how we can support them. So if, if you are someone that has a hard time sharing difficult emotions, you know, maybe you share with your partner, what could be some cues that would help me open up? Or, or what would be some questions or some space to, to be able to, to go into this more? So, you, you know, I'm thinking of, you could plant seeds, right? So one partner could say, you know, I see that you're angry. Like I imagine also too, that this must be hard for you. So it's kind of like you're planting a seed there. 
or maybe even expanding an emotion. That's something that I work with with clients. So when someone says I'm angry or I'm frustrated, oftentimes we know that that is just the tip of the iceberg, right? That's just the small portion that we see, but underneath the water, we see the mass of the iceberg. And there are so many other emotions that are happening underneath that. And so you might even say like, so you're frustrated, sad, or you're frustrated, disgusted, or you're frustrated, scared. So it's kind of like you're trying to expand an emotion um, when we have a hard time labeling it. So I think the other thing to hear is that if your partner, so Abby, maybe not for you necessarily, but if someone listening and their partner doesn't share a lot of emotions, and this might be something for Colin to think about is, you know, we need to almost let it simmer sometimes that some people are really good at labeling their emotions and being able to identify it and access it and then put it into words and share it. it. It's quite a complex process. Some people are really good at doing that and other people struggle. And so the key here is letting something simmer a little bit more. So even if you ask your partner, how are you doing? And they say, yep, I'm fine. You know, let, let that simmer a little bit. And you might even check in at another time and say, oh, I imagine this must be hard for you. And if they say yes, again, just let it simmer. Acknowledge that your partner comes to their emotion at their own rate and their own speed um, on their own time. And that's really, that's key here. And I feel like you know me personally right now because I'm a person who will label it right away, Tracy, and think that, yes, this is the emotion when really if I would have let it simmer, it was something completely different. And that's what I should have done in the first place. Oftentimes, anger and frustration is not the core emotion. There's stuff underneath it. I think, and and anger, anger makes sense. I mean, certainly during times right now, we can definitely feel angry. But other times, anger is that more secondary emotion, which is an emotion that is protecting a more vulnerable and difficult emotion. Mm, I love that. When um, we had Molly Millwood on the podcast, Mm -hmm. she was talking about, you know, naming your softer emotions for Mm -hmm. your partner. And I've been doing that a lot during this really tough time with Drew because I just find that it really softens him towards me. Like he can understand that emotion a lot better than me, you know, coming in really hot about something else. So it's like some self-awareness on my behalf of being able to name my emotion. I think another thing is just slowing yourself down. Mm -hmm. So although I want to maybe have an outburst at a stressful time. Mm-hmm. Amy, if if you just slow down here and like try to figure out why you want to have such a big reaction, of course, we're, none of us are perfect at it, but just at a time that's very, very stressful, if we can just slow ourselves down a little bit, I've found that to be really helpful along with naming the soft emotion underneath it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remembering that anger does the opposite of what we want it to do. We get angry at our partners because oftentimes we're looking for a connection. And so in a way we're protesting about the distance between us. And so we're upping the ante and trying to get their attention, but it's pushing them away. And when we can touch on that softer emotion, the primary emotion, the sad, the longing, the hurt, um, the vulnerability, that definitely brings them closer. 
And Tracy, there's so many emotions. And because I'm pregnant, I feel like everything's on hyperdrive. Mm, <laughs> All those emotions. Course, are, Abby, uh, just so much more. And there's a lot of other women who are listening who are also pregnant. And I know for them, it's a vulnerable time. So at a time when they're either just finding out they're pregnant, they're maybe delivering, maybe they're freshly postpartum and have a tiny baby at home. Those are already times when we need our circle of friends and our significant other to show up for us. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's sometimes only the significant other. And this isn't just when you're pregnant or expecting a baby either. Like we're looking to our partners more mm-hmm. than ever before because they're the mm-hmm. only ones with social distancing that we can really rely on. So what is the best way for a couple to manage this increased demand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, I I don't know if it's possible for one person to meet every single need. Um, Come on, Tracy. <laughs> tell me that's not so. <laughs> No, and you know, it is something hard that we have to acknowledge is that at times our partners can't meet our needs, right? So, I mean, if you think of someone who um, is in their own uncertainty and worry and stress right now, or they're having to find a way to navigate this big meeting, um, and, and you're saying, I really need to talk about my stress and anxiety, they might have to say no, right? But it's not that you say, again, this is that communication piece. It's that negotiation of what what our time together looks like. It's not that you say, I can't make time for you, or you don't say, it's always about you, or um, don't you know I'm busy, right? Like those are really dismissive comments, but it's more about, you know, I see you, I see that you need something right now, and I see that your attention, like you need some, some comfort and soothing. I want to get to this. I can't do it in this moment. Can we schedule this for later? So what what happens in that moment is it says, I see you. I see that you're struggling. And that, again, going back to that ARE conversation, the are you there for me? I see that you're struggling. I want to respond to you. And I, I can't do it right in this moment, but I want to come back to it. And that lets your partner know that they're important and that what they're experiencing is important. So I think this is a good place to remind everyone that social distancing and isolation doesn't mean a complete disconnection from other people. So the first thing here is talk about talking with your partner. So ask your partner how they are feeling about the level of support that you are seeking from them. This is going to vary from partner to partner. Are they okay with it? Do they need a break? And if they need a break, can they tell you that they need a break? And if they tell you, can you also make space for this and accept that they need a break? And it's not that they don't want to support you. It's just that they can't support you in this moment. So remember that right now, yes, we're social distancing, but we can still lean on other people. You can call your friends. You can text them. You can have that FaceTime or that Zoom call. Uh, And then the other piece in here is how can we soothe ourselves during those really hard times? And it's not to say that we don't soothe with our partner, that we don't turn to our partner, but there might be times when our partner can't meet what we need. So then can we, can we go do some mindfulness? Can we go for a walk? Can we like, what are some other things that we can do in that moment? Thank you for that answer. (laughs) Just like taking notes and ready to use some of those phrases that you use, um, because I think it's really important to acknowledge, you know, Drew, I can tell that you need me right now, but I have to, you know, take care of this, of this child, but I, I'll get back to you. Like, I just think there's so much value in 
kind of affirming what you're seeing and, and just taking a gentle approach right now with our partners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a unique time for all of us. And we are thinking about all of you that have currently been struggling. Um, I know that people are feeling like this pandemic is negatively impacting their relationships. So I was Mm -hmm. just wondering, Tracy, is there any last tips that you could leave for our couples that are feeling that way? Yeah. So I think one of the things that comes up for me right away that I know couples get stuck in is we get into this who's right and who's wrong. So I'm going to encourage you to not get into right and wrong right now, but rather just practice validation. And validation is a skill that we don't learn. And what it means is it means that I see what you are experiencing. I'm willing to make space for it. I'm accepting of it. And I might even get curious about it. And validation, when you're validating your partner, it can sound like, I see that this is really hard for you. Or it can be, you know, I, what can I do for you right now? Or another example would be, you know, this space is one that's uncertain for you. You know, what do you need? It's incredibly powerful to just leave space to not try to fix what's happening for your partner, that there is no right or wrong. And, you know, you can't fix your partner's emotion or their experience right now, but you can validate the difficulties that they're having. Lean on your partner right now and do so with kindness and gentleness. So remember that even if your partner is not expressing their feelings, they are struggling and there is some, something that's happening inside of them. And remember that this is the person you've chosen to be with. And I know that you have a whole history of hurts that is just what happens for us when we are in a relationship. We Once someone matters to us, that's the ability, they then have the ability to hurt you. We're not going to get rid of those hurts during this time, but I think what's important is that we need to start making space for new ways of connection and growth together. So when we are in a time of crisis, we don't dig into deep stuff. It's just there's no resources left to dig into that deep stuff that you've been trying to work on in your relationship. You have to put that on hold right now and instead start turning towards each other in terms of how can we cope through this crisis and through this stressful time. And then that last piece is don't wait to get help. There are so many resources out there. It is never too early. It is never too late to go and get help. So there are some books, some e-courses, all kinds of different spaces that you can go into and start dedicating that time to nurturing your relationship. Well, Tracy, I know I can speak for Abby and I and all of our listeners when I say we cannot thank you enough for doing this interview I know that you have such a full plate as a (laughs) mom, a working woman, a wife. Um, So we just deeply appreciate you. I am such a fan of yours. Um, You you served as a bright light in a really dark time. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy and Abby, for having me here. I so appreciate it. Oh, of course. Can you tell our listeners where they could find more of you and kind of what you have available that could help them if they are struggling right now? 
Absolutely. I spend most of my time on Instagram and my handle is at dr.tracyd. Um, I also have my membership space. So I released this new space in February with the intention of helping women master their relationships. Now I hear from women and mothers all the time how much they're struggling in their relationship and longing to create that deeper connection with their partner. So I've got this membership space. It's called Be Connected. It's an educational space where I teach women the skills. I teach my couples and clients every single day. And our topics range from understanding what your disagreement is about, understanding your attachment style and improving your communication. And it's just been such a lovely space already where I'm able to reach more women um, to help them improve their relationship. It's been incredibly powerful. So come join me on Instagram um, or check out my membership site. It's beconnected.drtracyd.com. And we'll make sure to link all of these so that it's really easy for our listeners because nothing's easy right now. So let's make (laughs) it a little bit more simple. (laughs) No, absolutely. And if you've loved what you heard today, we did another interview with Tracy where she really dug deep into the emotional state individually and how we can start working on ourselves to really make this pandemic easier to manage and by using some of those tools and resources that she brings up in that episode. So definitely go check that out. And in addition, try to use even just one or two of the items we brought up today with your partner, with your spouse, with your husband, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend. I know I have a list of like 10 things that I need to work on, but just (laughs) choose one or two. And we hope that that can help in your relationship during this really tough time. So thank you again so much, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you.